Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Yeah. We've been doing Vincent D'Onofrio as Edgar the Bug impressions. <laughs> Go on, Matt, do yours. What am I? That uh, negative. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm on. Shocker in water. <laughs> Fuck, he's good. Amazing. Well, well, unfortunately, we're not as good as Dale, but Dale has already left the room. Yeah, so. he has. Well, we're not talking Daredevil. No. But we're taught Harley Quinn. Let's get straight into it. Lovely stuff. You have seen Birds of Prey, Matthew. Hello, yes, I have. Yeah. It's uh, it's a film. Yeah. With uh, with apparently the birds prey in it, but they don't turn up until pretty much, I say, towards the end of the film. They are in it, but it's not an ensemble piece. It's definitely a Harley Quinn film. It's the Harley Quinn movie. I don't get why they haven't just called it the Harley Quinn movie. I feel like she's got a bigger... Cool. What? Hey, look! Oh, he's got a Vincent here. Man. Oh. I know I don't oh. want to be. No. Do, you, do you Vincent D'Onofrio quickly while <laughs> you're Yeah, we just, said, we, you just said you're going to say Anything you Any want. Any quote you love. Uh, oh, God, I'm blanking now. Oh. Just do War and Sugar. No, no, what about the thing about the What? What? Uh, well, yeah, you said. Oh, where is that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's uh, that free Friday feeling from Dale Driver. 5 pm on a Friday. Uh, sorry, Matt, you haven't got a corona, but I know That's you're not much right. of a beer boy. Not a beer boy, no. If we got some uh, some Kraken in, mm. we'd have been well on it. There we go. Uh, uh, any Kraken in Birds of Prey? Uh, no, unfortunately. Is not. it Kraken? Um, I mean, it depends on who you speak to. So I well, feel I'm like talking I'm, to you. Yeah, I feel like I'm a bit of an outlier. The general consensus. Is, is that it's like one of the best DC films of the modern era and I don't feel it. I feel like, yeah, yeah people say that but then they don't mean any of the Dark Knight ones. No, no, no. So they, they mean, mean from, from Man, Man of Steel, Steel onwards, right? Which is only really, for, what, four or five films? Yeah, something like that. And uh, most of them are shite. What is it? Man of Steel, Batman, Superman... Justice League Justice League Oh, that's Aquaman, all the best Wonder, Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman I always forget mainly, well, I forget because I haven't seen them uh, <laughs> so that'll be why. I've got the Wonder Woman Blu-ray at home. Do you want it? Uh, it's on Netflix. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to get around to it because I'm actually interested in When you uh, hover the over it one. on Netflix, does it start doing that? Wah, 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 I can't wah, say wah, 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 Do you know what? Wah, Every wah, time wah. I go on Netflix at the moment, I hover over anything. It just opens with one piano. It's going... <laughs> Every single fucking Netflix They're trailer. They're all upsetting documentaries yeah. um, you know they're getting you can turn those off now or that you're you can gonna... ditty that which I'm very much into because it's annoying sometimes it? I like it but I wish it was I wish it was like press square to reveal the trailer mm. without clicking the actual thing yeah but now it's just like looking at stuff and yeah. I want to see the poster a bit more I'm like Ooh, what's <laughs> he wearing uh, I only made it like I put Suicide Squad on once and I watched like the first 20, 30 oh, minutes. I was bad, like, I can't it? be arsed with this. It's a four-pint film. There we go. <laughs> is, but I have heard 
Harley Quinn is a much well I keep calling it Harley Quinn it's birds should of prey should be called it. we, we yeah. should just <laughs> birds of prey and the, ima- and the yeah, fabulous fantabulous fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn no I've of heard, one Harley of Quinn of one Harley Quinn I've heard it's better but was it yeah yeah so so better? substantially we got, mainly because Suicide Squad doesn't know what the fuck it is mm. like you know for half of it it's an introduction to a bunch of people like, it's mostly least, a music video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to be Guardians of the Galaxy with its kind oh, of cool yeah. pop sort of notes for each character. That's what's so confusing about Suicide Squad 2 or whatever they're yeah. going, isn't it? Because it's James Gunn, but yeah, half the yeah. bit. What is that? I don't know what's going on. But <laughs> um, So, yeah, the Harley Quinn movie, also known as Birds of Prey, has... It's much more... It knows exactly what it wants to be, I think. Like, it knows that it is a Harley Quinn story that will introduce and set up the Birds of Prey as a team that can be in a later film, I think. I think that's what it's setting Mm -hmm. the groundwork for. But it's also... It's like a breakup movie Mm because it's about her getting over the Joker, which are the things that I like about it. Mm. Um, It's also incredibly stylish. Probably the most stylish film that DC has made. like so. Even looking at even all the posters are ridiculously colourful and well yeah. composed and uh, excellent costume design. Mm. Like like genuinely sort of like the fact that it does that it's not done like the Batman versus Superman thing, whereas they went full on looked at a comic and tried to make mm. which is why Batman's suit looks so fucking bizarre mm. in that film. Um, but it takes like the elements of those characters and makes a realistic interpretation of it. I'm mm. guessing it's um like a bit more practical like not as much cg needed yeah yeah because it's very very street level and that ties into what i don't like about it it's not that i don't like street level stuff because you know i like my daredevils and stuff like that i do like those smaller you're you're a man of the streets yeah as as people have said yeah i've always listened to the streets on my mp3 player (laughs) 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 what's that sad one he did uh dry your eyes eyes, mate (laughs) Oh, no, it's yeah. hard to say. <laughs> Although actually, more fish in the, in the sea, mate. <laughs> I will say, just as a tangent, yeah. that Mike Skinner Skinner's I've version of give me a second. Oh, we've talked about that before. Yeah, Mike Skinner's version of your song by Elton John is one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. I'm sure I, it is. He sings it really badly, it. but that's why it sounds so good. <laughs> He's trying, bless him. It's yeah. lovely. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the street level stuff. It basically, I think it's not a very ambitious superhero movie mm. mm-hmm. in that basically the story is is that so we know that Black Mask is in the film mm-hmm. uh, he runs he runs a series of like clubs bit seedy bit bonkers just doesn't really like Harley Quinn uh. and that's that's basically the plot he doesn't like her he's got no motive there is then it's like uh, an Ant-Man level motive even less than Ant-Man really mm. at least there was so the, the thing that like kicks it all off he obviously doesn't like her but there is then a diamond that is stolen and that becomes kind of like the chase that the film sort of is based around. Right, it's like okay. a chase. So it's like Uncut Gems. <sighs> but I w- if only it had got the, the... I fucking watched Uncut Gems the other weekend. Joe, yeah. I know that you said... Oh. I'm pleased I didn't see it in the cinema. Oh, man, man it's so it's a lot. Oh, like that last 40 minutes. Yeah, it's like, fucking horrible. Yeah. And like I left it on. It wasn't like I had to pause the movie or anything like that, but been in a cinema pen up with that yeah whereas you don't have those stakes in now Sorry. now that it's out am i allowed to bring up the line that i think is absolutely hilarious <laughs> i know the one you're going for is, huh yeah you can say one line it's the bit where he looks up looks almost directly into the camera and goes holy shit i'm gonna come <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah it's really so weird. weirdly just like adam sandler being adam sandler yeah. for a second mm. that i fucking pissed myself <laughs> i thought it well, was I'm amazing glad you only pissed yourself yeah. um none of that in in birds of prey a mm. few bad lines like it's not mm. i don't find it very funny but 
I think it's one of these where, like, I think Margot Robbie is the perfect person to play Harley well, Quinn. She's from Suicide Squad. That's she was like the, the one bit. saving grace yeah. that people mm-hmm. had. Is there? That's why I'm interested with the Birds of Prey. Although you say they're not on screen too much, is there one of them that's kind of a breakout? Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead gets to play Helena Bertolini, who is um, the Huntress. Mm-hmm. Who is, I think, probably out of like that sort of lower tier of DC characters, is one of the ones I actually do find really interesting because she's from a mafia crime family, but all of her family were killed. So Mm. she's sort of like a revenge streak. Bit Punisher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she actually gets. There was one of these things that when I was watching them, like obviously Black Canary is in this film, Mm -hmm. but I was having this point of feeling where I was watching them, I was like, this character is called Black Canary and has the Canary cry, but there's nothing else that I found recognisable about this character. So it's like, when does the character just not become important anymore? Right, yeah. And they just... Uh, and it's not even like they're a suit because she's not wearing, like, the fishnets and the, the black. It's just she's a character that's got the cry she's and the black, name. She's Black Canary, but she doesn't wear black. Yeah. That seems that weird, seems, doesn't yeah, it? Just Canary. You know. Um, so, how is Ewan McGregor? Because I do find him very hit or miss definitely having the time of his life Mm. however I like that I I don't know if I could ever truly look at him and go yeah, you're a mean I know he's like he's like he can can be a bit train slimy he's like good at him it's like he's his gonna be version of villainy. Like, yeah. yeah, fuck up. I don't know if I could ever see him as all your well, like Fargo season threat. three. I think that's him at his worst. If he's your I mean, like his best worst. Yeah, not yeah. season three. Um, he he plays like a slight. He plays two people, and they're both slimy mm. idiots. Like I just that can't works see him for me. as a, like a crime. He's no Vincent well, Nofre. That's the he's thing, not. right? Is <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> I know that you. That's can't what he'd shout about the diamond. <laughs> I know that, Cody, you haven't played Arkham Origins, have you? No. No. Have Joe, have you? Right, so but Black I have Mask. read comics with Black Mask, yeah. so I know that character. Right, and I've okay. always considered him much more of just a bit bigger and more physically imposing. Yeah, and also he's just like, he's not like a criminal mastermind by any means, no, but he's definitely he's got smarts, thug. whereas this version of the character doesn't. Oh, he's like, just a- He's, he runs a nightclub and he's got Victor Zaz on and his side. And he's got a black mask. Zaz, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, they, and they he's nev- not played by the lad from James. No. Oh, that's a shame. I <laughs> and they never do the, the thing with James. Zaz. Like, he's got the scarrings, but, like, I really like the pulpy, like, they're done in um, tallying marks mm-hmm. in the comics. Like, and he, you don't get that because it's obviously a little bit more of a that's realistic... That's whole deal. He, so he does scar himself for... So he's just a man of a knife. No, it does do the, like, I scar myself for each kill I do, but you've not got that mad bit where he opens himself up mm. and you can just see all the tallies in perfect, like, yeah. as if they've been done on the wall of a prison cell or yeah. anything like that. So, yeah, it's it's one of those, like, it's. I feel like it's a 6 out of 10. It's fine at what it does. Like, I don't think it feels like a Gotham movie. Like, Gotham isn't gothic in yeah. any sense. Fun, but disposable yeah yeah fun some you know interesting fight scenes because obviously you get roller derby harley in this Mm -hmm. where she's on a skate Mm -hmm. with a big hammer and like it's nice to see those elements but it never felt like it came through to feel like it i think there's a bit more ambition that that film could have i'm not saying that that's what anybody at home is going to get from that because it is getting quite a good reception and i also yeah we gave it an eight didn't we? yeah yeah i also think maybe there's just something like if 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 you're a woman and you've been waiting for a big superhero flick that actually has, you know, is focused on women, you know, they are the kick-ass heroes. Mm. Uh, like, this is a great starting point as well. Like, Wonder Woman, I think, is really good at that. But this, it it's not like a woman in a man's world. It's like women being women right. unapologetically. And I do like that side mm. of it. But maybe I'm not getting all the nuances of that side out of it because I'm a 
dumb-headed man. <laughs> <laughs> there you are, a dumb-headed man. Sorry to say. Oh, I don't think you are. Oh, but I you, know Simon. one thing that kind of did make you feel like that is when you were playing Neo 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a reason why you might have noticed that any of the Neo 2 stuff that's on our website has been written by uh, by not me. It's been written by Mitchell. Uh, and that's because Mitchell's quite good at it mm-hmm. and can and can play those sort of... I say play those sort of games. I obviously well, do quite like... Bloodborne and Dark Souls. I really like... like Bloodborne's we, one of my favourite games. specifically because you're Mr. From. I know. Yeah. I but say I have Bro- heard that Neo is in some ways on a different level yeah so I've played a, almost unfair <laughs> I've played a bit of the first Neo and, and revisited it just to make sure that I was ready to do some Neo 2 stuff and basically what I'd say is it's a case of if you've played through all the Souls games and you're just like right what's next mm. then Neo is the one that you do because it's very on the surface it's very Dark Souls to the point that when I was first playing it I was like this is, this is just Dark Souls mm. but there are a lot of layers on top of it and if you like complexity then that's where it comes. Like, if you're the person that's just like, I wish, you know, they'd made a little bit more of an accessibility element to, to FromSoft games. No, not, <laughs> not for you here. Um, so, uh, well, the difference between what this game brings to it, so Neo bought a lot of elements, and Neo 2 enhances that because your character is half yokai. So he's right, half yeah. a demon, basically. Okay. Um, very much like, you know how... Well, technically, yokai is a kind of embodied ghost. All right, then. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. might mean what confused me is I always um, assumed the first one, from whenever I saw it, was all, like, in feudal Japan. Whereas it's not at all. No, no, what... you play a guy called William, William and he's... And you start in the Tower of London in the first one, and he's Irish. Baffled me. And then you... Because it's it's sort of half-based in truth, isn't it, the first one of the first man that went... Yeah, he was like the first sort of Ronin... Yeah. Like Gaijin Ronin type. That that was from a different country that wasn't from Japan. Whereas this is a prequel, very much is set in that era of Japan. You do play... A Japanese character. Oh, you're not playing as William anymore? No, no, no. Oh, I thought you were. No, no. I mean, admittedly, I was dropped in halfway through this campaign, mm. but definitely doesn't look like do. an Irish man. No, he okay. definitely looks particular. That is always like, whenever you go to these preview events, being dropped in the middle of a game, of any game, can mm-hmm. be challenging. So you're yeah. like, I don't know what I'm doing, don't know what the controls have, no context for a game like that. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> like, I just about held my... I couldn't do the boss. Like, it was a, it was a section with a boss, basically. Yep. Couldn't do the boss. Um, but I did get there and gradually learned, like, it's got the, the fundamentals that are in the original Neo, which, if you don't know, is imagine Dark Souls, but you also have stances. So you can hold your sword high, medium, or low, and it depends on what enemies you're fighting will depend on what stance you need. You also have what one of the devs explained to me was basically active reload from Gears of War on your stamina bar. So each strike that you make against an enemy will cause like an eruption of blue sparks. And when they're close to your character, if you tap L1, he'll suck them in basically and it will boost his stamina bar back up. Right. This seems too much. (laughs) Which, as you can imagine, in in Souls, that your stamina is vital. You can't Mm. do anything without it. Um, so it is basically there to allow you to stay in combat and, and be aggressive all the time. Mm. Whereas like Bloodborne, its encouragement to be aggressive was it gave you health back. Mm. In this, it's you get stamina back. But whereas in Darks, whereas in Bloodborne, that health back system is automatic. In this, you have to be pressing a button at the right time. Mm, and when the enemies like are as much. difficult as they are, and like I think the enemy design in this is amazing. There are some absolutely fucking bonkers enemies in this. Like 
a giant weird mallet looking thing with an eye that's on one foot hopping around a so that, giant that owl is, bear that vomits that is proper yokai stuff like have you ever seen like yokai things not from really. japanese culture no. so they like rather than oni where they're big de- demon guys mm-hmm. yokai are like ghosts that have found their bodies in other stuff so right. some of them are just like fucking like door handles and shit <laughs> um, with faces. Oh yeah, so one of them was like a spinning top that that yeah. breathes fire it's on you. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast was based on. <laughs> it basically, they are all basically yokai. yokai. Um, they're wicked. Go look up yokai. They're well fun. There's loads of them. They're really funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but because you're half yokai, it means that when they do big attacks, they do like a big thing where like their eyes flash red and like big beams come out of them. If you then hold two buttons together, you'll do you'll allow your yokai sort of form to erupt out of you and do sort of like a big staggering move and then you can yeah the thing I found is like when you do the staggering move it's not then and then you get the instant kill it's like you stagger them and do a bit more damage to them is this all new for Neo 2 or is this the yokai stuff is so the active reload and the stances were something that was in the original Neo the the yokai forms where like when you kill things they drop like their essences and you can put those into your character Mm. and so like I was able to rise skeletons from the dead and they'd shoot mm. like one salvo of arrows into whatever I was Ooh, looking at. that sounds cool. So these are all really, really cool. It's, it's just, just it's hard. so hard. It's, yeah. it's one of those things I look at and I'm like, it looks cool. It's for someone else. Like, yeah. I, I love to watch a speedrun of it. I, like <laughs> when uh, Good Games Done Quick are doing stuff around that, like yeah. it will be an amazing watch. But it's just on that other side of, you know how so I've had to stop playing Sekiro because mm. like I just got halfway through it and it was just too much. It's like that's what neo neo is very much for like okay you thought you had it hard and like i still think it's fair it's just that you need to you need to be on top of everything at every moment and i'm just not that good no it's it's hard to kill Mm. what i was talking to a pr who was running that event that you were at um but i possibly on a different day i'm not sure but basically a fire alarm went off (laughs) um and someone was in the middle of that boss fight and doing well and they had to pause ah. it, and then when they came back in, lost the momentum. Someone had done all. Oh. Someone had reset all the consoles, and they'd Fuck. lost all their progress. Oh and God. they were just like, "Oh, that sounds." I just, I wish I had the patience, but to me, it just sounds like a grind, which you can do a lot of in Skate Three, Joe. Yeah, please. <laughs> You've been playing Skate Three, the, the other new day. game. <laughs> Weirdly, the other day, um, uh, the PR for Square Enix, Ian, mm-hmm. sent. Uh, a, group, a WhatsApp group I'm in, a message that said, I'm trying to make all of you in Skate 3, and then just said, because bu- Skate three is building your, your crew, mm-hmm. yeah. but you can customise all of them. So he was building everyone in the WhatsApp group in it, and I th- found it slightly frightening, but also made me go, I'd like to play Skate again. I've had that feeling as well. And Skate 3 is the one I never properly got on with. I found it... Skate 1 had too much story, Skate 2 had just enough, and Skate 3 felt like it had fuck all. Um, and it also, the first two were all about skating in a place that didn't like you skating, and mm. that was part of the challenge, whereas this one is a town that loves skating and everyone skates yeah. everywhere. But in some ways, if you're in this sort of mood as you're in now, just have a little dip back in. That's exactly what I was about to say. Oh, like, the go. best part of this is that you go back in, you're like, oh, all I have to do is just fuck around forever because it's one of those games where essentially you have all the abilities from the very beginning Mm -hmm. it's just how good you are at it and it's amazing how um natural it feels like i was doing really tricky stuff again quite quickly and oh god it's so good it's 20 quid in cex though which is insane oh they know those guys have watched some pewdiepie (laughs) it's only like 15 quid on the xbox Xbox one yeah um so yeah get it on there but oh it's so good like it's 
playing it again, it does make you mm. go, it's absurd that this doesn't exist. Like, yeah, it seems so we'll stupid. Get, do you think Skate 4 will actually have it? I think after this, after 10 People years... People want it, or is it... You never know if it is a vocal minority or not. Well, I think there's an element of vocal minority, and I think EA really only places sure bets now. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes they don't pay off. No. Anthem. Um, but... <laughs> you, but I also think... There's, there's, something's got to have happened. Yeah. I don't understand why you wouldn't touch this franchise when there's as as much of a vocal minority as there is because we talk about this quite a lot if there's a thousand you know our scheme if there's a hundred thousand people who really like something they're going to do more for you than like two million mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. who don't like something that much if they brought out skate 4 i would buy everything possible inside that game <laughs> so that I, as long as it was good yeah. like i'd be obsessed with it and S- session which everyone keeps pointing to looks too annoying like I didn't is that like, too, too complex is yeah, it yeah I didn't like Skate because it was hard I liked Skate because it was more hard than Tony Hawk's but they pitched it really well and there's another game called Skater XL which looks easier than Session but still pardon me <laughs> uh, like it still seems to be pushing a, a bit further than Skate in terms of difficulty and it's a bit more Skater focused like, I never really saw like I'm I'm not really have a huge background in skateboarding games, but I never saw the idea of a skateboard simulation as what you'd want out of that. I no. think it's more the culture, isn't it? Yeah, well, so skate's really good for vibe and, like, the the soundtracks are really mm-hmm. good and it's built... Like, it's more that it's a really competent open world yeah. that happens to be one you travel mostly across on a skateboard. And it feels more like Burnout Paradise for right. that reason, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got that sort of blue skies and go anywhere aspect yeah. and like can That's you work what out what to do uh, Horizon Forza Horizon every now and then yeah. just have a good old fucking cane it across yeah. the country <laughs> just go through that windmill <laughs> yeah um, but yeah and so Skate worked for me because even the trick system which is meant to be more difficult and more realistic it's more about how fun it is to do that. Like, the actual controls of, like, Ollie is down up really yeah. quickly and see how good you can get at that kind of stuff. That, to me, is more like cr- creating an, a pleasant interaction with the world as you go through it. And so to, like, atomize it into these ideas of, like, your left stick is your left leg and your right stick is your right leg and it swaps all your controls when you go the- into switch mode. And like, I don't want that shit. I just want to be good at this. Like, that's, that's all I want. And so Skate 3 is fucking amazing. Everyone should play it. I've been very tempted to just get it on my Xbox at home. But yep. I also have games I should be playing for work, so I mm-hmm. won't do it because that is a game that can distract you from a lot of things. Oh, yes. Oh. I'm going to be playing a lot of it tonight. <laughs> Are you? It's very evening. Something I've seen you play not a lot of, but a bit of today mm-hmm. is Murder by Numbers, Joe. Tell us about this new adventure into the well trud genre of Ace Attorney meets Picross. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the big hot thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've talked about how I got obsessed with Picross games in the last year. Mm. I'm I mean, still obsessed. Fair, I did. Yeah. I'm still, I haven't finished the Konami one yet. Oh, I'm at like 91%. Off your ass. Well, I'm at the point where you're at a thing where you have to wait to get oh, new ones. Yeah, yeah, it's really annoying. Um, Murder by Numbers is essentially someone's looked at two game genres that are well cool and gone, <laughs> I can do that. But both. Why isn't there skate cross pit cross, mate? Skate cross pit cross skate. Yeah. Are you Carry on. Okay. It's late. Um, it's not that late. It is for me. But it's basically it's an Ace Attorney game. You it's set in the nineties. You play an LA based actress in a detective TV show who gets embroiled in a murder mystery 
sort of comedic tones. There's a robot sidekick. It's very 90s. Um, but the main part of this is that you play through Ace Attorney, so it's a visual novel, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, you're presenting evidence, you're talking to people, you're going from location to location and clicking on stuff. But every time you're faced with new evidence, it is a Picross game. Uh, so it's like... So the first, uh, first non-tutorial thing in this game is like, oh, I've just found a clue. Uh, it's your robot. And what you do is you essentially the Picross, the puzzle creates an image of whatever you're looking mm-hmm. at. For some reason, it turns out to be a tampon, and, like, <laughs> um, and it's and it's basically of that. Course, of that's course. like that's what you're kind of looking at a lot of the time until Sorry? you start finding. You're just looking at tampons all the time. Yeah, it's just endless tampon puzzles. <laughs> um, but like, it's this weird thing where it's sort of pitched as a comedy, but there's a murder in it, which is quite familiar from Ace Attorney. It has like a slightly different tone. It's a bit more anime but and a bit got more to the romancy end of. A chapter like, do you I've finished it res- case one so is it like a, a, a stone do you have like a, the what do you call it like a court section or there's no court section so it's it's closer to uh is it the miles edgeworth games where it doesn't go it, it, there's somewhere it's it doesn't go to court as much mm-hmm. and so there's no court section so it's basically like hey i found all of my evidence i've talked to all the right people i've got to the it's end like and the then sherlock the Holmes point and click games so it's actually yeah. it's, it's actually technically it's a detective sort of thing whereas Phoenix Wright, for some bizarre reason, is detective and attorney. Well, yes, yeah. but the, but you're, you still have the attorney aspects of it in that you have to catch people out by presenting sure. evidence at the right mm-hmm. time and stuff. Do they um, shout objection? No one's shouted objection yet. I'm sure it'll come up at some point as like a weird little joke. They should um, shout every time they start, just shout, Pig Cross! That would be time. really cool, actually. Um, it is definitely going to keep me playing because I'm obsessed with Pete Cross. And I like Ace Attorney. It does sound like the perfect Switch game. The, the, yes, and it is coming out on Switch on March 5th slash 6th. Mm. Um, they've not, never been quite clear about when, which one, day. One of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely at least, at the very latest, March 6th. Yeah. Um, but the only thing that's put me off a bit is the writing is kind of like... I've, I've always felt like Ace Attorney manages comedy and seriousness quite well in that everyone in it is quite weird and silly... And there's a character called Wendy Oldbag, and they're brilliant. <laughs> Her face is terrifying. I know. <laughs> and the like, the uh, weird guy in that chapter, the one who's just sweating. Like, oh, yeah. like, That's me right now. <laughs> um, and but, but it always feels like it has the moments where it's like, and now it's serious, because there's literally some... The death penalty exists in the Ace Attorney world. <laughs> like, people get put to death yeah. in those games. Death and there's, by Picross. And so they always knows the moment to do, like, a detective twist, or, like, a serious thing, or, like play the sad music or whatever. Whereas in this, so far, even when a close friend of several characters had been murdered, they're still all sitting in the other room, like, talking about who they want to fuck. <laughs> Not in what? those terms. But, like, it's very kind of thirsty. Like, everyone in it wants, like, is romancy. And this is... They're like, oh, he's hot. Called You're Murder like, by Numbers. And it's like, there's a man dead over there. He's your mate. <laughs> like, it's really weird. Yeah, but do you know what we could do? What? That's what they're saying. But... Well, yeah, yeah. They no. say it happens a lot of funerals. What? Fucking. Oh, I thought you said in the game someone <laughs> no, says that. No, no, <laughs> no. Like... Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be good. Enjoy yourselves. Bye. Hmm. Someone who definitely doesn't murder by number. Uh-huh. Jigsaw from the Saw franchise. He thinks of new and exciting ways to kill his victims. <laughs> Do you have a lot to say about this? No, not that much. Um, Spiral, Spiral from the book is, of Saw. Yeah, it's a new... It's unclear whether it's a reboot or a spin-off... 
Why is it a book of Saw? I don't, they're just trying to think of new ways to not say, like, the Saw universe. I'll say Saw one thing. Saga. Yeah. I have no real feelings towards Saw. Really? I think it's fine. I think the first one is brilliant, and I really like the second one. Mm. Um, but, yeah, from three onwards, it just went... It lost me. That's when, from three onwards, they went full into lots of the most gruesome things we can do. And I genuinely think one and two have great plots. The twist mm. in both of them is... I. First time I saw him, I did not see him coming. Yeah. Uh, and the second one's just green. It's just nice to look it's at. Very it's green. very green. It's pretty matrixy. And it also has the most horrible... Like, there's a lot of horrible ways people die in those films. Needles. Needles is the worst one by yeah, far. Yeah, She just falls into a pit of that one. I've Ugh. no idea what either. I've never yeah, watched seen, any of these films. Oh, like, they have a bad reputation, and they did at the time for obviously being mm. overly gruesome. The first one really isn't. Like, there's one... Maybe only really one scene that's got blood like mm. it's actually more of a horror and more of a thriller really sure is i get it's a bit more 70s yeah it is it's a lot more of a serial sort of killer all, detective it's, film it's like a locked room mystery to a degree as well right? kind of In yeah that. and it cuts between that and like danny glover walking around so, I didn't know Danny Glover was in it. Oh, he is. He's is he that. too old for this shit in that uh, one? Not in that one. But uh, I, I generally... The first one's very good. Uh, I will say that Spiral... Yes. A, I'm poster, intrigued. Very nice. Yeah, mm. poster good. Brilliant poster. Uh, I think the, tu- the tutorial, the trailer <laughs> is quite good. I really liked like, it because they're not... From what I'm gathering, it's going more back to basics. Saw one sort of things. Like, they don't really show any traps or anything. No. Like, so there's, a, there's a hint of it at the end. Yeah, and it's very much calling back to Saw yeah. 1. That trailer didn't evoke to me what my impression of Saw is, just mm. off what I know from cultural knowledge. Like, it, it definitely lost its way. Like, Saw 1, I would I would recommend to anyone who likes films, really. I Great. And I do yeah. always like <laughs> watching comedians try and be serious because sometimes it's terrible yeah. but sometimes it's well, great I and Chris Rock being double check this. Chris cool. Rock is he writing and directing this? no writing uh, he's and writing, starring okay. but his mate is directing okay um, and then also Samuel L. Jackson's in it and his hmm. character name appears to be the same surname as the other guy and so some okay. people are like are they brothers or like father and son I or? wouldn't be surprised because the Saw franchise has been known to have multiple time periods in each yes. film right. so I wouldn't be surprised if is there's some change of older or and some of you don't like that's part of some of the twists you don't know what, what's happening when mm-hmm. I think and it would be quite cool if it turned out that they were at different time periods yeah, if, it was like just, it. if Samuel Jackson is just playing old Chris Rock or, or he's his son be like a but Fargo doing the same case you know like Ooh. Fargo season 1 to season 2 something yeah. yes. like that but that's why I'm intrigued by like is it I'm sure if it was is it a full reboot I don't know I don't know what it is mate. So, but I, I'm intrigued I'm hopeful I haven't actually seen like the last four. So I think I watched up until five, even though I thought they were shite. <laughs> this is the sort of thing, you know, I'd go around with my mates when I was 16, 17. Oh, yeah, put, absolutely. Put it on and Hostel as well, but Hostel was always shite. Hostel, it looked horrible. It was, um, that was just disgusting. Yeah. I will say, it, to its credit, it's the first time I've been interested in what Saw might be for a very long time. Mm-hmm. That seems like a good thing. Yeah. I'm into it. And Me like you too. said, the poster with the swirly light. Oh! It's a very nice poster. Lovely treatment. It's out, actually soon. It's, it's out quite soon, isn't it? May. Yeah. Mm, a lovely time for horror. I know. Mm. <laughs> Have you got anything for us, Matt, here? No, not really. Just that I'm sure... Oh, I was I'll... trying to tee you up for an endless search, but in a terrible way. <laughs> I wasn't was. just saying, you got anything to say? <laughs> it, was, it was poor for it me. It was terrible, yeah. It's, uh, it is now half five on a Friday, I think. We're, yeah. uh, we were delayed doing this, so uh, we're running on empty. You are. I'm fine. I'm having a lovely time. I'm, I'm having a good time. It's just I'm 
mentally weary. Well, I'm ready to beat you in a quiz then. Are you? Inside, it's a UK RGN crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? What's the game, Matt? Well, I mean, I'm doing it, so of course it's PG Tips. Oh, okay. <laughs> we haven't, we haven't done one for a while, have we? Fair enough. No. Uh, because, and there's a peek behind the curtain, obviously, it is. It is late. Mm. I've got a train to catch through my mother's 60th, so oh, I'm going really? home. My mum's 60 this year as well. Oh, lovely. It's Mine a great isn't. time for them. So there you go. Oh, wait, is, is your mum already hit 60 or is no, she getting no, there? No, no, he's a little un, remember? Uh, well, oh, it'll be a wonderful time for her when she does. She'll be 56 this year. Wow. So there you go. If, uh, if your mum's anything like mine, they get um, very expensive Christmas birthday presents, should I say, for 60th. Really? Yeah. Mm. Went all out this year. I'll save up for I four years then. But because I've got to get my train, we're going to do a shorter version of. Oh, okay. I thought it was one be question. No, no. So it's, it's, it's best of three rather than best of five. Okay, okay, okay. Um, just straight up now, this was originally planned for another version of the podcast in which we were going to have uh, Al and John, our, uh, our big boss from over big in Statesway. Uh, so it's it's nineties themed, because <laughs> okay. they're, they're older gentlemen. Because they they established themselves in the nineties <laughs> in the games industry. So older gentlemen. <laughs> uh, if anybody doesn't know how it works, there are four clues from IMDb's user created madness, like madness, which is uh, parental guidance. Mm. And if you can get it on the first one, you get more points. And if you get it in the last one, because they get gradually more obvious. Cool. So all films from the 90s. Let's do it. Clue one. Hot dog. An intense sequence when a killer uses ruthless means to escape. Seven. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's because no. we already mentioned it. Uh, a killer uses ruthless killer. means. Ruthless Lethal means. weapon. To escape. Nope. Yep. To escape. Um, it's very bad. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang isn't a 90s film, no. so I won't say that. Mm. Just no. thinking of... Let's, let's go on. on. Right. A decomposing nude female body is briefly seen on an autopsy table. Sensitive nudity isn't very, no isn't very noticeable. Also, it's a dead body, so it's not sexual. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Depends who you are. Men in black. No. I want you to I don't think it's nice, but I'm going to go for the Black Dahlia. No, no that is that's two. That's like two thousand. No. Is that Charlize Theron? It's Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. And uh, what's his name? There, uh, you've got uh, Two Face, Aaron Eckhart. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. the younger actor who's actually he was in Sin City. I actually quite like, and in Forty Days of Night, what's his name? Thirty Days of Night. Oh, Thirty well, Days of Night. He was actually I thought it was pretty good. Not Ethan. Hawk. And he's just disappeared. Josh Hartnett. Hartnett. Josh Hartnett. Yeah. I quite like Josh Hartnett, and he's disappeared. Um, um, but it's not like not getting it. Uh, uh, wait, 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 wait. Decomposing woman. <laughs> on an autopsy table. Mars attacks. No. <laughs> is that happening? That shall Probably we not. carry on? Right. A man's decapitated head is found in a jar. Sudden. Oh, for, uh, silence of the lambs. There we go. Ah, <sighs> oh, no, no, silence of the lambs. <laughs> I thought like, the Mars touch was like the nipples, nipples <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> and the final one would have been uh, a character <laughs> character sees an inmate masturbating. Masturbating. Yes, masturbating. 
The Mix. inmate throws the ejaculate on her face. Mix no in genitalia it. shown, Mix. but masturbation is clear. We have a Mix. fairly horrible tradition in our <laughs> office of pretending to mix one another. Yeah. Um, I've never done that. Yes, you have. <laughs> several times. Probably recently. Uh, I'm doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> What's the... Um, What's the other quote that I really like? For that? Oh. oh, just it's the same bit from Tough as Your Nipples. Love the sword. <laughs> it's um. Oh, what's Buffalo Bill shout when he's down? The, he shouts like. Put a lotion in the basket. Lost him in the basket. I thought, oh god, that film. We watched it. Me and Anna watched it again I the other day. It ages. is amazing. How like that film's so good. <laughs> it's got his face on his face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Okay, well new done. film. It puts the lotion on its skin and it's like the holes again. Sorry. Uh, uh, many intense scenes. One involves a home invasion and kidnapping. Panic room. That's a go- we're both in a vin- Isn't, isn't Panic Room mode. like 2001? Oh, it might have been it 99. Could be, yeah, it feels like a 99 one to me, but you're right. Yeah. I watched that for the first time recently. I it's like all right. it. yeah, yeah, it's Panic fine. and Home Invasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Game. Mm-hmm. Let's carry we'll on the Fincher stuff. <laughs> is it a Fincher? Fight Club. <clears throat> Seven. A fully nude man is thrown over the couch. Genitalia and buttocks shown, though the scene only lasts about two seconds. Big Lebowski? <sighs> no. Oh, that's a good shout. Fargo. Sound- there we go. Nice. It sounded Cohen Brothersy. Oh yeah, that's the yeah, that's the bit where he beats up Bashani, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, your other clues would have been uh, a couple are killed after witnessing the cop shooting. After crashing their car, the man is shot in the back while trying to run away. No blood is shown. The woman is then shot off screen while pinned in the car. And the final one would have been a man is killed with an axe off screen. Later, a police officer finds the killer, feeding the man's remains into a wood chipper with blood and some flesh covering the snow on the left hand side of the screen. Some flesh. Yep. <laughs> the person who killed the man can be briefly seen pushing the man's dismembered leg deeper into the wood chipper. This is very bloody. I've never. I, I like Fargo. I've never loved it. Shut up. I prefer I Big it. Lebowski mm-hmm. and Inside Lewin Davis probably my favourite mm-hmm. film I really it? like Inside Lewin Davis yeah. Big Lebowski once, but I was quite sad yeah. when I watched it so it didn't have a good effect yeah. I, I also really like um, not uh, oh and Truger I think that's incredible. oh and Truger is, is it a sing- no a single man is the single man's the, the um, Tom Ford a serious Tom- man yes a serious man. man I really yeah. like that yes yeah. The stuff where um, they're going bonkers about the wine and yeah. let it breathe have, have you ever seen the um trailer for that it's no fucking is it just incredible. not the, is it not the same sort of it's I just, get the impression it's the sort of film you wouldn't show properly in a trailer a, it's essentially a sound collage of different moments from that film like <laughs> the bit where is it F. Murray Abraham knocks his head against the wall sure yeah and like it creates this horrible rhythmic soundtrack of clips that are basic, basically meant to show you how terrible it is being him and ha- having his life. Is it just Starboy just going, Cy Abelman? I think Cy might actually be in there, but like, genuinely, it's incre- It's one of the best trailers we've ever seen. It's so good. All right. <laughs> Last one, then. Come on, Joe. Can you, can you get him? A man in a dream looks up a bunch of women's skirts. Nothing is shown. Jeez. Oh, Big, Big Lebowski. There we go. Damn it! Oh, no. <laughs> Why did I say oh? <laughs> I think you still came in before oh, Cardi. I said oh, oh though. We said Big Lebowski at the same time. Two you, Cohen brothers. I mean, it doesn't matter because if we both get it, you win. Yeah. 
Oh, I, Sorry, yeah. Do you know what? I don't mind humans. I like it. Uh, Congratulations. I'm going to shake hand. Oh, you got a double handage. Oh, it's sweaty. <laughs> uh, you swexed me. <laughs> That's the reverse mix. That's not weird. Right. Good game. Good, good game. game. Good, good game. game. Good. Brief, nice, simple, and short. I'm going to kick off the feedback. <laughs> simple and short. Come on, then. Uh, I've got some here from Joshua Piggott Smith. He says, Hi, gang. Hello. Hi. Oh, that was strong. Enthusiastic. Uh, just wanted to share an absolutely infuriating cinema experience I had with you, the champions of social justice. Is that what they're known as? I'll take it. Yeah, all right. Fair I think we've just shown Is that, that like a little, you know, mix. You know, the so, <laughs> there's the social justice warrior, the social justice mage, yeah. Yeah. social justice mixer, whatever. CJWs. Yeah. <laughs> I went to watch nine. <laughs> I don't know what this was. No, CSJs. Sorry, no. <laughs> I went to watch 1917 at the cinema recently, Good which choice. I still haven't done and I need no. to do. Let's do it. Should we do it I now? hear it's a gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> what, the war? Yeah. <laughs> an absolute gimmick. Okay. What am I guffing? Um, I was really looking forward to it. Already annoyed at waiting 10 minutes for an ice cream. What? What? I mean, that's more your fault. Is it? You went up to the back of a queue. <laughs> You can imagine my reaction when, after handing over my ticket, the cinema worker said to me in the most casual manner you can imagine. What's the most casual manner you can imagine? Well, what did he say? There might be a loud buzzing throughout the film. That's pretty casual. <laughs> well, the only way they could be more casual is if they were actually lying down. <laughs> They're just, just in a seat on the yeah. side doing... With a duvet around them. <laughs> Mixing. Um, Mixing. That's not casual, mate. That's yeah. a fever of activity. <laughs> yeah, you have to put your mind... Yeah, that's... Premeditated. We should stop talking about Migs in. Not even an apology. <laughs> I asked him, were they offering refunds for this? His response, come find me during the film if it's really bothering you and I'll see what I can if do. If it's really bothering you. Life is a bit oh, Still seething as I take my seat. And lo and behold, there it is. Like a drill going on next door. And try as I might to ignore it, like a dripping tap in your house, I couldn't. I'm not saying it's as bad as the constant threat of death on show in World War One, but it was close. <laughs> Just wanted to know if you ever had a film room by you or something, or by... Let me start that again. Okay. Just wanted to know if you ever had a film room for you by something completely out of your control, and did you do anything about it? I think I've talked about it before. The first time I saw Scott Pilgrim vs. the World in the cinema, there was a man saying all the lines just before they happened. Oh, uh, Because he knew the comics, and he said that. <laughs> That's how I know he oh. knew the comics. Um, and... I didn't have to do anything about it because about three other people told him to shut the fuck up or they'd punch him because we were in Stevenage. Ooh. It was great. Uh, I think I've been pretty lucky in general with cinemas. I've never really had anything. Never had a single problem. Did I tell uh, you about when um, I wanted to watch the post credits for Into the Spider Verse in Walthamstow? Mm. And they came in and start. I was the only person who stayed. And I was by myself, so I looked like a fucking pervert anyway. <laughs> and then. Um, well, the cleaning staff came in and just started... They turned the lights on, started cleaning up and shouting to each other. And I was sat there and eventually I just went, Can I just watch this, please? And it came across way worse. Like I was just some freak at the back. I was so angry. I was just like, I just want to see the bit with Oscar Isaac. Come on. No, I think I've been pretty lucky. Well done. You just have it very code compliant. Yeah. And I mean, that drilling would definitely annoy me and I'd... I'd have to leave. I think I'd yeah. have to be. Well, I wouldn't. Yeah, if wouldn't it, it sounds it. like if it if it literally is rope works going. Like the one thing that I like, I really like going to smaller cinemas. Mm. But the problem you've got is if you go to a smaller cinema and you're watching, 
let's say we've gone to see Little Women, Greta Gerwig, but they've got, I don't know, Avengers Endgame on in the screen below you. Then it's just like when you get to the bit where everything's kicking off, you can hear all the reverb coming through Mm. into your auditorium. That's annoying. The worst I've had is I went to see Star Trek Into Darkness. A, a big, big, big problem anyway. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but there was just a guy who was, like, the most excitable Star Trek fan. And, like, the moment when the, like, title started coming up and it starts playing the Star Trek theme tune, he starts singing along. Whoa! The and then, obviously, it does the, mm. you know, the monologue that Kirk does at the start. of. He does that word for word. And then just, like, just over-excitement throughout all of it. And it like culminated in at the end of that film when spock is like diving across those um they've got like spaceships that are running over whatever fucking planet that is Mm -hmm. and he's chasing khan and he was just leaping out of his seat going come on spock go on (laughs) go on i was just like i can't do it and you know i'm a a very code compliant you know Mm. i follow the wittertainment code of conduct for (laughs) being in a cinema no. One also, that- good choice on him. I know it took him ten minutes to get the ice cream, but co-compliant snack makes no noise. Yeah, Very good. good. I one thing that does annoy me is when I think you get it more at the theatre than you do at the cinema. That people that, especially oh. at Shakespeare, people yeah, that laugh loudly because they get the joke, yeah. not because it's funny. They yeah. get the joke. I watched uh, Taming of the Shrew and David Suchet of Poirot fame was there and he was a real like chuckler. <laughs> Every time someone was be like, oh, Benedict, they, human knows no bounds. He'd be like, oh. <laughs> shut up, I Suchet. understand the language. Who's next? Oh, me, Gary from Dublin. Gary. Hey, Gary. Evening all. Hello. This dream freaked me right out. And I feel that IGN must take some responsibility for oh, it. We're still on, because of dreams, dreams. <laughs> I was listening to episode number 523, I think, of the podcast, and I drifted off to sleep as you were reading a listener email about a weird dream. Obviously, this triggered, triggered something for me, because my brain delivered up this doozy. <laughs> <clears throat> I have been visiting the IGN offices, which, for reasons that I never made clear, are situated on an oil rig <laughs> off the coast of Scotland. <laughs> There is a huge... That is actually where we are, though. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen closely, you'll hear a frigate. <laughs> there is a huge neon IGN logo on it and everything, which is cool as fuck. When it is time for us to leave... Oh, it'd be like the boat that rocked. We or, could do anything. Or Deepwater Horizon. We could do anything. <laughs> when it's time for us to leave, me, Joe, Cardi and Dale all get into the rig's Chinook helicopter <laughs> to be transported to the Scottish mainland. I look up toward the cockpit, and who is at the controls? Rory Powers and Gav Murphy. Both laughing, oh, joking, no. flipping various switches and pushing buttons. <laughs> like they're five years old. Yeah. Daniel Cooper is the crew chief of this flight and is sitting at the rear of the chopper. Like, I can just imagine it's kind of like Gav's the Mandalorian and Rory's just baby Yoda yeah. pulling yeah, at yeah, things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, I think, sums up the situation. I am uneasy. <laughs> The helicopter starts lifting off, and the following exchange takes place in the cockpit. Powers. I didn't know you could fly helicopters, Gav. Gav. Haha, <laughs> I thought you were flying it, mate. I only sat up here so we could have a chat during the flight. Powers. Haha, <laughs> I only sat up here because of the cool lights and switches. Gav. That's mental. Ha ha ha. It's weird how well he knows them. Yeah. At this point, the helicopter lurches over to one side. There is a massive bang, and the North Sea starts pouring into the helicopter. <laughs> That sounds like you're blaming the North Sea. Krupa thinks this is hilarious and calls Powers a twat. (laughs) 
Which I don't think I've ever heard him use that word. No. Me and Joe scream at him to... Yeah, I would be. Scream at him to break the emergency glass so he can get yeah, out. You'd definitely be panicking. Classic boring Joe. <laughs> you'd definitely be panicking. Not that I would be totally calm, but yeah. you'd be screaming. Yeah. He is laughing too much, so Joe grabs a hammer and smashes the glass. More water pours in as the helicopter is submerged. Uh, this is horrible. But I'd we, hate to drown. But we all manage to scramble out. Ah. I swim to the surface, and as my head comes out of the water, I wake up gasping for air. So thanks for that, Gary. <laughs> wow, well. I'm, so it's babe. At least we weren't at fault. Yeah, we're the good guys. Yeah, we were just... I hammered, I hammered us to safety. Yeah. What the fuck were you and Dale doing? Having a uh, chilling. I think Dale. I think Dale would be the calmest in a uh, disaster situation. I'd be panicking, but not verbally. I'd just look terrified. Yeah, I think you'd par- you'd freeze like <laughs> a paro- like an opossum playing just dead sink to the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. You'd be like you'd be like Leo in Titanic, just gone. So fuck not it. even trying. Just oh, no, give up. It then is it? Yeah. <laughs> Matt, I think you'd be quite good in an emergency situation. Do you think so? I, I don't think I would. You've been in a fire. I have been in a fire, but I didn't have to do much then. I was on the phone when it started happening, and it was just like, I'm sorry, Mom, I'll have to call you back at a later time because the building is burning down. <laughs> I'd obviously never phoned her back because the building never came back. You've not talked to her since. <laughs> so, today's the big reunion for her 60th. That's your present. I live! <laughs> Uh, right, I've got one from Connor from Belfast. Whoa, oh, Dublin and Belfast, know, look right? at that, bringing the worlds together. <laughs> hi, hi team, big fan of the podcast, right. I've been listening for a long time now, even though I don't keep track when I started. Oh, I see, is good. I thought you meant he's just like, oh, this is why every now and then when I can be arsed. <laughs> Apparently it's as good as it's ever been, which is lovely. Oh, I had an email read out two years ago, so I feel like it's time to blow off the cobwebs on my keyboard and try my luck again. Well, you're lucky today. I am looking to expand my reading list and become a proper grown-up. So I got a bunch of credits on Audible and looking for some book recommendations, Mm. because reading is a lot easier as a New Year's resolution than going to the gym. I agree. Indeed. Fair. I'm up for reading anything on any interesting topic, really. History, fantasy, anything nerd-centric. I meant mm-hmm. to brief you guys on your favourite books, but I'm, lucky. Up, that's no. fine. I'm sure you have them. So I'm not one-sided. I would like to recommend anybody to read Flash Boys, which is similar to The Big Short. Ooh. Uh, In the Name of the Wind, which is Game of Thrones fantasy kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And Drug Wars, the terrifying inside story of Britain's drug trade. <laughs> wow. Because Sounds it taught white. me that there are people in the UK with a prescription for recreational heroin, which is the maddest thing I ever heard. And was also generally very interesting. Sounds cool. Mm. Mm. Kind regards, and thanks for being the source of the quiet eels while I am supposed to be working in the office. Oh, no, no wuzzers, mate. Uh, yeah, what sorry, books I you forgot to ask you. I'll say, Mama, you think... Uh, Go ahead. My favourite books, I think Frankenstein is an absolute banger. Ooh. Yeah. Mary Shelley original. Genuinely, yeah, genuinely one of the few books they make you read at school that I was like, this is fucking brilliant. Yeah. Uh... Because I'm a pretentious twat, The Outsider by Albert Camus. Oh, come on. Oh, I genuinely love it. Uh, actually, I call it L'Etranger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've tried Cat's Cradle. Really, I really love I'm it. I'm more of a Slaughterhouse yeah. boy. I like Slaughterhouse, but I prefer Cat's Cradle. Fair. And Blob Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. Ooh, the Road by And basically Cormac anything by Cormac McCarthy. Yeah, The Road was my favourite book for Have a very long read, time. Is it Child of God? I've not read Child of Good. Yeah, Child of Good. They are, good. I mean, he's not a happy man. He's not a happy man, but bloody hell, does he know how to describe in a grim reality? <laughs> he's got um, 
he's got that odd thing where he's like he writes sentences like Hemingway but with really long words in them so he's like yeah. breaking Hemingway's I rules it's cool if I ever chose to adapt a book I'd adapt it'd be fucking hard but Blood, Blood Meridian mm. because you could do a the, really uh, violent there'll be blood sort mm. of thing I mm. used to know off by heart a quote from Blood Meridian because it like was oh one of those god like, it's horrible <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember it now but yeah. like uh, I remember a friend introducing it to me and it was the quote that he was like this was the thing that sold me on the book mm. and it was such uh, I can't remember what it was now but it one is thing. like very descript- like he's, he's a very indulgent writer. yeah yeah <laughs> But the road is fucking. And the, the road film is also awesome. incredible. So. I've never watched the film because I can't bring really? myself to. It's even genuinely try. great. It's good. It's just they it do a very good job. Uh, if you want something a bit more fun, but nah. genuinely epochal. Uh, have either of you ever read Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson? I haven't, but I keep meaning to. You mention it all the time. Brilliant. Yeah. Is um, it's essentially. It's basically the Matrix before the Matrix, except mm. much sillier than that but in a good way. So it's like mm. an entirely corporatized Earth. Um, the only real means of sort of escaping into a slightly less rigid world is a cyberspace that you jack into. And the main character is called Hero Protagonist, which is <laughs> very stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has like these wild... It's very... Neil Stevenson loves writing a thick-ass, but dummy-thick book. Um, and he... Is that a bit of D'Onofrio coming? Dummy-thick. Dummy-thick book. And he... Um, but So he'll go into, like, wild descriptions of things that are always quite interesting. He essentially mm. predicts, and I think has been credited with sort of half-inventing Google Earth. Because um, someone... He essentially describes Google Earth in right. it well before that existed. Um but the core of it, of the story, is that essentially there is a word-based plague that is sort of repro- reprogramming uh, okay. people's brains, and it's fucking astonishing stuff. It's so good. Um, he also did a like a a thriller based on a guy who invented an MMO called ReamD that is not as sort of interested in themes and more is just a very very good yarn and i bet those would be great on audiobook mm-hmm. mm. um i love those if you want some non-fiction i don't know if anyone's read bury my heart at wounded is it bury my heart at wounded me have i mixed up two books there don't i think it. it's that it's the best book you'll read about the wild west if you're in a red dead mm. sort of mood yeah. or don't. 1776 if you want the american revolution have a dance, have a dance. i don't read a lot of mm. non-fiction the two that i'd say that like strike to mind for me is uh, a book called Wool, which is the start of a three-part trilogy um, by a guy called Hugh Howley, and it's basically it's a post-apocalypse, but you never really know what happened. So it's like the road, um, but it's all set. Imagine Fallout, though, as in like they oh, all okay. just live in a bunker now, mm. and it's like, but this bunker's they 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 knew exactly what was going to happen, obviously, and they started prepping for it. It's about 120 levels below ground, right? Um, they're sort of massively terrified of the idea of technology now. So there is like about four floors of it, which is the IT department. Um, and they're the only people that are really allowed computers and everybody else. It's just gone back to like, you've just got people that are farming or if you're not a farmer, you're an engineer trying to keep the power on. Or if you're not an engineer, you're basically someone that runs up and down the stairwell that runs in the middle of this, like this spiral staircase as basically like a FedEx runner. Mm. And it's sort of about um, this girl called Julia who, like, the thing that what they do is when people have committed crimes, there's obviously nowhere to put them. So they send them up top because it's just irradiated, horrible madness out there. 
and so it's about and they call say that they they sent them out to clean because mm-hmm. what happens is the last thing that you have to do is you get sent out in a hazmat suit that's basically just eventually going to decay and, mm. and die but they give you a sponge to clean the cameras on the roof <laughs> so that they can see out and basically the it's got one of even if you only literally bought it to read the first like maybe 80 pages because it was originally it was like little novellas that then built together so the original novella sort of stands on its own Mm -hmm. and that's just the opening which is done from a different character's perspective the twist at the end of that is one of the best twists i've ever read and it was just like instantly dive into what the actual main characters it shifts Mm. and learn is obviously all the conspiracy that's behind this Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's brilliant and then also I really like David Mitchell's books I've already said before that I really like Cloud Atlas but it's actually Bone Clocks I'd recommend reading Mm. especially because it's effectively a new weird book and with Control being sort of new weird and people wanting to maybe look at books that are a bit like that and that's because uh, Bone Clocks starts out as quite a normal drama it's like it's about a girl called Holly and it sort of starts in the 80s I think and it's just about her growing up but you gradually as it each it doesn't really it's not split into chapters because they're big like 200 page bits mm. but when it shifts it changes to a different character and then but then you realise that the next character you're reading oh they are related to Holly in some way so it's like her lover or her what goes on to be her husband in another one her editor at a paper or something like mm. that and it all starts to spin together where you realise that actually there's a big supernatural thing as part of this and there's what's called the Church of Horology and at, by the time you get to the end it's almost like adult harry potter in the fact that there's like big sort of events going on where people are able to use supernatural abilities to cause massive rifts in what are going on like it's it's something really interesting and long and that length allows it to really sort of explore Mm -hmm. i really like it nice nice and if you like short stuff i always recommend the old the original sherlock holmes cases some of those are only like 30 pages you can do one of those now does he i think i didn't know that I'm just thinking of reading them. I'm forgetting these are audible. They're good. You could probably get through one of those, like, on a commute. Yeah. And uh, mythology is always good. After God of War came out, I read, like, a whole book of did Norse mythology. And some of those are only, like, ten pages. Is that the Neil Gaiman one that he did? I didn't. I read a different one. Because Neil Gaiman um, retranslated all of the stuff, mm, didn't he? Or yeah. was part of it and rewrote but them All out. mythology is good. Norse especially is fucking mm-hmm. mental, some of it. Yeah. So, so yeah. Books. I want to go home. Are you going to go, go home? Are you going to read a book? No. <laughs> Escape. Let's go home. Let's go home. Oh, uh, we have to play some songs. Uh, well, let's play the intro to Murder by Numbers, because it's by Masakazu Sujimori, who did all the Ace Attorney music. And okay. so it's wicked. Let's Bye. play it. Use your CPU. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.